I have a question for you. How much Red Bull do you think it would take to explode the human heart? Because <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Red Bull? <sighs> you mean like from the can? <laughs> from the <laughs> aluminum? No, haven't you ever seen the Tootsie Pop commercial? Yeah, but the way you phrased it doesn't make any sense. You mean if you were to like... It's a play on both of what you just said about Red Bull and the Tootsie Pop commercial. Yeah, but what's, what is the Red Bull? Of course it doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> yeah. the lollipop makes sense. If you were just to lick it, you know, like... It'd probably be somewhere around 150 licks. We'll have to test it, man. If the tongue is wet... <laughs> Some people have dry tongues. I I agree. I have dry tongue often. And smooth tongues. I think it would be like closer to 300 licks. I bet I could get it in 150. I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video about this somewhere. My question was, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think is the best comic book movie trilogy of films? That narrows it down. What do you think is the best one? Well, there's not a lot to choose from. It's like... There are so many to choose from. From full trilogies? Brought to film? Yeah. X-Men. There's actually two X-Men trilogies. Superman. The other one Original Batman. Count. Christopher Nolan Batman. Spider-Man. Mm. Iron Man films. Thor. Captain America. Honestly, it wouldn't be a Marvel series for me. It has to be pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether it's Nolan's Batman or X-Men or uh, Raimi's Spider-Man. It's one of those three. Anything out of the 2000s is good. For me, I think I would choose the Captain America films. I don't think there's been a better three standalone movies. They're not really standalone, though. I mean, Civil War was basically an Avengers film. That stands alone. <laughs> that, that feels like cheating. That's that tells like, its own story. But it wasn't Cap's story. And follows Captain America. Well, oh, I guess that wasn't the prerequisite. Never mind. It does follow Cap's story. Civil War follows Cap's story. I definitely think out of Marvel, I think Cap's trilogy is the best. Mm-hmm. And that's probably just due to the Russo brothers. Russo? Russo. The Russellini brothers. <laughs> I'd agree with you. But X-Men and Spider-Man really set the tone for the modern superhero movie. And both of them failing in the third movie. Hard. Well, you don't always stick the landing, especially when the studio's f- with you. I'm still re-editing Spider-Man 3. I want to see that cut one day before I die. <laughs> Getting the story right. Well, you have that in your head. Ish. Anyway, what are we... <laughs> we're talking about uh, today, we're talking about the Umbrella Academy season two in particular. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. No spoilers today. That's good for me because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but <laughs> the, I, I really like the first season. The Umbrella Academy is based off of a comic book that Netflix got the rights or made a deal with uh, the comic book people to. That's what's hot right now. Create this series. And the premise really about the Umbrella Academy is there are all these kids who are born on the same day at the same time, was it? I can't remember. Approximately. They they all have these superpowers because of that. And they were taken by this billionaire crazy guy who wasn't a very good father. And he adopted seven of these kids and raised them all as the children and created this kind of X-Men sort of academy um, yeah, using their powers for his own dubious means. Yeah, I don't know if they're dubious, but well, the kids seem to develop a moral code. Yeah, over time, realizing their father was not a good role model. That's what it plays off of. It plays off of the relationships between the characters, and it really doesn't even follow the fact that they have powers all that much. I mean, a lot of the plot and the story is driven by the fact that they have powers, but really, you're just following their them trying to figure out their messed up heritage that was handed to them yeah and trying to navigate that kind of a coming of age story in that way yeah and personally while i liked season two a lot there's a lot of people who 
had a hard time with it and said that it didn't really do much for them or was more of the same, which I, I guess I agree with. And I think this brings up a more interesting conversation, which is... What is good storytelling? No, <laughs> no, it's just what what are you actually watching this content for? Are you watching it to have your mind blown like a Breaking Bad because or lighthouse. this is yeah or a lighthouse this is definitely not going to do that or are you watching it to be entertained like a netflix show do you think you could also classify those two groups as things you can watch with your phone on in front of you or things you can watch without yeah because i think our audience could uh, <laughs> connect with that yeah that's an interesting question because umbrella academy to me is something that is so entertaining in the way that it's shot and how quirky the characters are and the chemistry of the actors and actresses yeah the way it's acted the way that it's filmed and portrayed and it's it's bright and it does uh, have some pretty vibrant effects i like the lenses that they use like the way that it's shot and the literal cinematography of it is very fun they use like a lot of wide angle lenses that really just add a lot of character to the show so it's actually fun to put your phone down and watch so for me i watched the whole thing i didn't have my phone in front of me at all really yeah wow netflix definitely put the time and money into it yeah and there's this really cool part right in the beginning of episode one of season two where it shows the siblings that are a part of this umbrella academy uh using their powers and it's it's like a very expensive kind of avengers scale one shot yeah where it's like zooming in and out of each character doing their own thing like battling on the street in austin texas they released that clip online it's uh, super cool. As promotional material, so you can watch it. Yeah, it's very, very cool. But when it starts off with that kind of bang, I was like, oh, wow, they put more money into this, which is really cool. And then the rest of the series takes place as they're all trapped in the 60s, trying to prevent... Small spoilers for season one here. Yeah, there's spoilers for season one, not spoilers for season two. But they're trying to prevent a specific event that takes place in the 60s historically. And then it just goes from there. But each character is going through their own thing. Apparently they toned down the powers for the characters in the show versus the comics. I was reading a little bit about it and they, they showed it actually, I think in that clip you mentioned for the intro for season two, Allison's powers of persuasion or verbal manipulation are actually supposed to not just do that. They're supposed to warp reality to fit her intention. So pretty interesting stuff, like cosmic mm-hmm. stuff, uh, repercussions if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I wonder if they'll dive deeper. Because I know we do see a lot more of Ben in the second season, who is the brother who died before the first season began, mm-hmm. who has this sort of Cthulhu-like squid capability. He actually is a very prominent role, and he actually contributes, is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, actually, to add on to that, too, I think the deeper manifestation of Klaus's powers is actually not just to interact with the dead like you see in season one, Mm -hmm. but isn't it he can manifest these dead people and have them actually interact with the real world or something Mm -hmm. like that? He did that in season one, I think, too. I think he did towards the end, but most of the time it was just Klaus running around being crazy and speaking to dead people. He's still amazing in this season. But the interesting thing about Allison's character is that because she's the only member of the Academy that's black and what was going on with the civil rights movement in the 60s, she's fighting a completely different battle than the rest of them. And they really go into that. And I thought that was really nice, really interesting. That's cool. Very topical. For her character. Yeah. But no, it was a good season of television. I really enjoyed it. Like I said before, the way that it's shot, it's got this quirkiness to it. Really good editing and pacing. The way that they set up season three is 
promises to do something a lot different than what they've done before. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to a hopeful season three. Hopefully not a last. I hope tell they me they go, go back in time another 50 years. <laughs> no, I won't tell you that. But you're excited for the next season. You want to see what they yeah, do if next. Yeah, they, if they can pull it off. I would recommend it personally. But like I said, there's a lot of people who had a hard time with it. Based on the first season, at least, I think it's worth a watch. A lot of the characters are just fun, like you said. Especially, there's those time-traveling Adjustment Bureau people. Yeah, yeah, They're called the Commission. The Commission. Basically, it's the Adjustment Bureau for time instead of God. (laughs) I actually liked the role of the Commission in this season a lot more than the first, I should say. Good news. Making better and smarter decisions. There's this really funny character who essentially is a human body with a fish bowl for his head what? and and the character <laughs> is the fish oh. in the bowl talking so you see the fish mouth moving is it making a human voice and it's coming out through a speaker in front of the bowl wow. or toward the bottom front of the bowl so it is a fish operating the body yes incredible and so the character who's like the head of the commission in season two is this goldfish, essentially. That's the glowing recommendation that people needed. It's super fun. But when that character popped on, I just laughed my head off because I was like, this is hilarious. Where else would you see this? Just like a talking monkey. Ape. Whatever. <laughs> How insensitive of you. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say about this show is it gives me a lot of hope for the future of Marvel's X-Men films because of the way that the characters interact. It's the thing that you kind of wanted to see the whole time with X-Men that you never really got to see, which is really nice banter and not a lot of conclusion for the paths of the characters. The characters just don't have a lot of resolution. They just kind of are trying to figure out how to let go of their messed up childhood. As an avid comic book fan, for you, is this something that would be a, like a markedly different feel than, say, an Avengers film? Because I feel like an X-Men cast and an Avengers cast is pretty much the same thing as a viewer. I think that this would be something that an average viewer could watch and find interesting, rather than it being this big explosive comic book movie it doesn't feel very comic booky there's definite comic book moments but it's a lot more appealing i think to talking about umbrella the mass audience yeah umbrella academy i think so from what i've seen i'd agree with that they're human struggles that these superhuman people are going through the one character that i wished i would have seen more progression out of was luther he had a slight development that was interesting but he kind of seemed like he was still stuck on the same note from season one as far as his character development. Yeah, it's a shame. He seems to be the sort of person that should be coming into that leadership position, you know? Exactly. But I thought it was nice because he's, I think, the only adult white male in the group. And so I Thank think, God. I think they were trying to have him not take that role. Are they moving it towards one of the other cast members? No, I think they all kind of lead together that makes sense that's an interesting comment you made because i didn't even really think about that obviously it's a diverse cast of characters or actors rather but Mm -hmm. is is five not just a white dude (laughs) the time travel i mean i don't know and also he's not an adult right he's an actual he's a child he's an actual child teenager actor who who does an amazing job he's an adult in a teenager's body but what i'm saying is he's still a teenager going toe-to-toe with the rest of the adult cast which is really nice Vanya has a really interesting arc in this season. That's nice. And it plays into Ellen Page as well as an actress. Oh, that's good. Which is cool. I think she plays the character very well. And then they also introduce a new character. I should oh. I should have said this earlier, but they introduce a new character who Fishbowl. 
besides the fishbowl who i'm pretty sure is a fan favorite i didn't like her at all because she annoyed me personally but toward the end i could see why she could be interesting who was it for the future of the show can you spoil me um no okay i'll tell you after (laughs) anyway go watch it yeah there's no song or really anything to play with this show so is there no here's a here's a clip from klaus just play the avengers theme (laughs) or klaus yeah Klaus's greatest quotes from Umbrella. I can't just call Dad in the afterlife and be like, Dad, could you stop playing tennis with Hitler for a moment and take a quick call? Since when? That's your thing. I'm not in the right frame of mind. (laughs) 